And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, aka Ben Realverse World. Today's special guest is the guy Grant Tucker, better known on Instagram as SC Knows. Grant is a video artist and photographer based out of Houston, Texas, working for brands like Finish Line, Nice Kicks, Adidas, Puma, Nike, etc. etc. He's pretty much shot for everyone. He's been creating for shoe brands for a bit now and has some incredible work, but as we learn in the podcast, he's slowly expanding the type of content that he creates, especially with his new production company grant has a really cool story coming up in the streetwear game getting massive artists like jay-z to rock his shit and finding his niche early um i think there's so many valuable lessons to be learned in this podcast episode so stay fucking tuned as you heard last week we did our first 48 hour film challenge with the black window cream private community for creators the challenge was to create a one take video in just 48 hours we had over 120 plus submissions and the talent was thick and i'm proud to announce the winners also i want to point out that each winner is taking some of the fucking most fire prizes ever we had over five thousand dollars in prizes including free epidemic sound subscriptions a 4k camera hard drives and so much more i think each person is going to enjoy what they get uh coming in at third our winner is and i'll be naming them by their instagram handles devin 24 underscore seven a very simple yet complex video we were blown away with the technicality here thanks for also sharing your bts devin that shit was pretty cool to watch our second place winner is going to x pokey x for this very thoughtful piece about a photographer who has fought against the naysayers love the black window cream plug as well and our first place winner goes to Josh is tripping with a very cohesive and fun piece. I love the camera transition at the beginning and the use of narration and music. It was just on 10. Congrats to all of our winners and a big congrats to everyone who competed. My entire goal with this contest was to challenge you to just get out and create something. And we did that. And we'll be doing more of these contests in the future, so stay tuned. All right, that's it. If you want to join our private community for creators, go to bwnc.com slash join to learn about that. If you want to support the podcast and our community, you can do so by copying some of that fucking fire BWNC merch. Shop bwnc.com. Or if you want to fuck with us on Patreon, patreon.com slash blackwindowcream. You also get some discounts to the merch whenever you pledge. So it's kind of a win-win. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday and Sunday for a new Black Window Cream episode. And without further ado, I bring to you my interview with Grant and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you will die i don't want to die do you want to live yeah. you have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die i'm kidding you won't die you're just weak shit for not sharing and the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to goes <gasps> to Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we're back. I can't. I can't <laughs> you, hold it. you couldn't do the staring? Yeah, I can't hold it that long. I realized today that um, when I do these interviews, it always starts off with me saying we're back and then we laugh and I say that was weird, right? And then I think like, man, I never thought that my iTunes audience probably has no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, cause they're not watching this shit on video. Basically, yeah. if you're new uh, to the, if you haven't watched the video part, we just stared at the camera for a solid 30 seconds and it's always awkward, especially because we don't know each other. Like yeah. this is the first time meeting and I just asked you to stare at like a couple cameras exactly. randomly. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Grant Tucker is in the house today. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. You're good? not understanding why it's so cold in LA right now, but, uh, tell me about it. It's fucking raining, cold, it's miserable right now. He was just talking about taking Ubers and you spent like three hours in an Uber today. Yeah. It was wild. Like just from Santa Monica to here in Hollywood is, is dumb. way too much. I think we only dumb. took like four or five all day and it's been like three hours. The hard part is like when it rains, everyone loses full control. Yeah. <laughs> and so no, I, like 
a lot of people just don't leave, but then a lot of people just fucking drive like nuts or they'll drive full speed like they're supposed to and then they crash and like yeah i don't know how many times i've seen it it looks like a war zone where like you come up around a corner and there's like police with like flare guns and shit i'm like why but then it's like you know you got houston and it rains for a couple hours and the whole city's underwater yeah right so it's like yeah it's weird huh yeah it's like i you know there was one time like i had to pick my girlfriend up from she was trying to get home when there was a flood and like the uber driver like would just dropped her off because he's like i'm not driving through all that <laughs> it's like i'm walking down the street like trying to get to her and it's like water up to my knees are you serious yeah and then five hours later waters are like the ground's completely dry whoa <laughs> what the fuck it doesn't make any sense like after after the hurricane everything started filling up like a lot because they just keep building and building and building and not right. really paying attention to like where it floods that's insane actually so it's wild <laughs> the um Okay, before we start getting into where you're from and all that shit, um, do you want to explain to... I know I, I was able to do like a little research. We saw your... Actually, Dave sent me your Instagram. I started looking at it. I'm like, damn, this dude's fire as fuck with this shit. And you Appreciate make some that. pretty fire content, my friend. Appreciate Just scrolling that. through his feed right now. You all should take a look. You, you go by SC Knows? Yeah. What's the meaning behind that? Um, so SC Knows was... It was kind of the the name that I switched to after, because um, I sold T-shirts. Like that's how I that's how I got started, and it was called Simply Complicated. Mm. So when that started failing, I switched, and I was like, I'm gonna start shooting concerts and stuff. Which is, I swear, we've met before, like oh, yeah. in, in Austin, like at the Ilmore, I think. Because when you were talking about the Ilmore episode, I was like, I was I was at that one. Did you get you into it? About, yeah. Was I was, the, did we, you go to the one at the ice skating rink? I don't know what it was. We got both times that I went to the Ilmore we got stuck outside because mm -hmm. we came too late. It was like already shut down. Okay. So we would be sitting outside like, fuck, we got to leave. So then we leave. But maybe we met outside when you were leaving. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Cause I, I remember one that I got into, it was like at a, an ice skating rink and it was the one that was like Skrillex and, and Wayne performed together. I don't even know what we missed. Cause both <laughs> nights we were, we got the invite. We were down to get in or whatever. Shout out to my boy, Ash Travers. Um, but when we got like we'd stay at a showcase too long or some shit and then by the time we got over there it was just like a nightmare like i remember getting there and asap rocky pulled up in this sprinter van and i swear to god because no one could get through this gate the police yeah. literally were out there like it's over with asap rocky pulls up and it just was like a like a fucking carnival where like 30 or 40 girls just poured out of this van with him it was just like in his, his whole squad plus him plus yeah. all these girls and i'm like watching it and they all just like walked into the shit and i was like damn someday be, <laughs> be tight but i don't think i got in there i, I know i mean i've been paying attention to Elmore for a long time it's a dope yeah. event Did you, was it sick it was i mean from what i can remember it was yeah it, it was, was pretty wild yeah it was free vodka that night so maybe was, we met it, it could have i swear we have because it was when you were talking about the story i was like man a lot of that sounds familiar because I haven't, crazy. I haven't done music. Because I stopped shooting music completely in 2014. 2014 or twenty fifteen. Last show I shot was was a Wiz show. Um, Damn. So it was a twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen is when I stopped shooting music completely. Okay, so before we get into that, mm -hmm. what first? Let me tweak this mic. Yeah. I'm gonna put it like this guy right there. <laughs> um, what is? Yeah. Okay. So explain what you do to people who don't know who are listening to this right now, and then I want to backtrack into like how you got to where you are right now. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of, I hate answering this question because it's like, it, it's one of those things where it's like people give like a million things they do. I know. And it's like, you're not, you know, you're just saying things. I know. <laughs> so I, just, every time people ask me that question. So it's the, 
I, I would say that the best thing you could, the best way you could describe it is as, as a producer, right? That's like a, a blanket term. Yeah. Um, so on any given day, like I'm doing photo, video or design or web for clients or strategy. Right. So like I have a client right now that like we're doing strategy for like their whole retail store. Mm. So that has nothing to do with like photo or video or right. anything else. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, uh, I'm in the business of, of making, of helping making like small businesses and businesses look better for what, you know, they're trying to do. Right. Because for the most part, I'm working with, with small businesses hmm. and then there's the brands here and there. Right. So from your, I mean, just looking through your Instagram, your, your, the way you, you claim your name on um, IG is video artist and photographer and you make cool stuff for brands. Yeah. I change that all the time. Cause I was it's like, so when, hard. I, when I see a word that I think works better, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to just put like creative cause that's, I feel like that's like too vague. It's like, I know that's a cool, I'm happy. Like that's the same, right. that's the same type of a uh, adjective. So I don't, I don't think that describes anything. Mm. Like I like to make things, you right. know, it's um, like we were talking before this, like I've been getting super burnt out lately. So that's usually when I try to find something else to do. Right. Um, that's not necessarily creative related. Mm. So like, you know, six, eight months ago, it was like, I'm going to learn how to like ferment peppers or something like something just like super wild, yeah. and like off the wall. Like, and then, you know, um, it, it moves on and I'm like, I'd start trying to think of how to turn something into a business. And I'm like, okay, this was like supposed to be a hobby. Like I got to chill. Right. So then like a couple weeks ago, it was like designing furniture and stuff. That's pretty so tight. It's, like, it's all, it's all over the place. Damn. I, I feel like I, I also am the same way too, especially with black and oak cream. Cause I hate that the entire thing was like a creator con. It's like a, I guess I don't even, I just already forgot like how I've always said it over and over again, but I always say it's like, I'm a content creator. This is for content creators. And then you see everyone's a content creator. So you're like, well, how do I, can I say pro before it? Cause at this point in my life, I feel like I'm professional at content yeah. creating, but that's like so dumb or I just recently was thinking about using like curator of content. Yeah. See, that was, I've been through that too. It it's like, it's, it's hard to come up with a name and it's like, I don't like saying pro because like I can say that I'm pro all day and like other people would yeah. say that I'm professional. And then there's some times where I'm in a meeting and I'm like, I probably shouldn't be here. Right. And then I'm trying to like figure out how to answer something. And I'm like, okay, like you get, you get humbled. So it's just like, you're floating between like what professional is. And I know it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's like a hard, I know. And it's also interesting how you just kind of pointed out like, by saying you're a photographer or a videographer, then I, I didn't know you did web and design. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most people don't. <laughs> so it's hard to like explain all that in a nutshell. And anytime people ever ask me, I'm always, I don't, I just do a lot of shit. Like, yeah, it's just whatever it makes, like I feel it's cool. I'll do it. Yeah. That's kind of how I rock. But, but so you, you're, so it was more so photography. Okay, wait, let's run it back to, <laughs> you said you had a shirt. Did you say you're from St. Louis? Did I hear that? Yes. Tight. I'm from Iowa. So we're pretty close. Yeah, there's like nothing in St. Louis at all. No, I had the Rams and then they left. So that's true. But I mean, I wouldn't go back to St. Louis either. So I can't really blame. Them. Yeah, <laughs> I would um, move to LA too. When did you move to Houston? You're in Houston now. Uh, yeah, I'm in Houston now. So I moved to Houston seventh or eighth grade, I think. Oh, okay. Where? So I mean, I grew up in like at this point, I'm 28 years old. Yeah. Um, I've grown up in Houston. Like I went to high school in Houston. Um, I went all six years at that took me to graduate at U of H. I did that in Houston. Yeah. So that's where I grew up pretty much, hmm. but I'm from St. Louis. Yeah. Right. Do you have any recollection of like St. Louis playing into your creative life? Was there anything there? Were you no, young? cause I mean, it was, I knew that I wanted to do something with art. Cause mm -hmm. like I was never super athletic. Um, I'm from like a really, really small town. So the small town that I'm from is like, uh, 
think like five or 600 people it was at that time. Goddamn. So it was like you, it was one of those places where you had like kindergarten through like eighth grade. Right. It wasn't like the same school. Yeah. Um, or no, I think they stopped it and it was like sixth through eighth, but it was my high school graduating class was bigger than like my entire middle school. Wow. Fuck. And it was only like 600 people, which That's, is small for Texas. Yeah. So it's, you know, some of those, they'll have like a football stadium, like 1,700, 2,000 people. Right. Cause it's like a huge, I mean like. It's just wild. Yeah. It's, high school football is <laughs> massive. Yeah. It's just a massive amount of people. Fuck. That's crazy. It's a huge change. And it's like, it, I always wanted to do the art because that was what I thought I was good at. And it was, mm. you know, when you're a kid and you can like halfway draw, they're like, oh yeah, you draw so good. And then that's your thing is you're the person that draws stuff. Right? <laughs> that's so fucking true. <laughs> it is. It's like, you're the, you're the kid that draws things in class. Right. Right. And you know, for a lot of people and, and like me included, and I was, you know, really introverted. I'm still really introverted now. Like that was my way of talking to people. Like mm. they would see what I'm doing and they would ask me about it. And like, that was like the easy, that was the easier way to meet people because they would see like what I could do. Right. And, um, you know, I moved to Texas like halfway through seventh grade. And then I moved again in eighth grade to a different school. And then obviously went to high school in ninth grade. So I had like three school changes, like really, really quick. And it was, you know, it was hard for me to like, just, I've never been one of those ones. It's just like, it's going to go up and talk to you. Right. It's just not how I am. Yeah. Um, so that was always my thing. And then when I got to high school, I realized how not good I was <laughs> at drawing at drawing. Like right. I was still better than a lot of people. Cause it's, you know, the, the standards for like, what's good. It's very, very low. Hmm. But once you get in that realm of good, like the range is, yeah. Then you have those dudes that are guys and girls that are just like fucking killing, making yeah, like shit there like was real this, life. Yeah. Like there was this guy that was in my class. Um, he was a freshman and this was when I was a senior in high school. Right. And he had like a completely, um, what sort of eidetic memory, like a photographic memory. Yeah. And he could just draw like a building in perfect detail, like from memory. And I was just like, it's fucking crazy. I'll never be that good at anything in my life. Like, <laughs> it's just wild. Right. And then, you know, I, like I applied to, um, to art school. Like I got accepted to SCAD, mm. um, in Georgia, which was huge, which is what, like, a, um, it's an art school, art school. Okay. And I went for, cause I applied to all of them for graphic communications. Mm. Um, I got accepted. I got offered, like a twenty or twenty five thousand dollar scholarship. God damn. St still couldn't afford it. Fuck. Because it was something like forty grand a year or something. Yeah, it's dumb money. Um but for what, two year or four year four. program? Four year program. It was four and it was like it was like forty and then all these extra things you had to do and I was just like, it's just not a good a good idea. And then I found out I was accepted at U of H. I never even got an acceptance letter or anything at the hmm. University of Houston. Um they just enrolled me. So I was like, well, guess I'm going to college. Like, <laughs> that's cool, I guess. They're just like, you're gonna go to school. Yeah. And then I was a uh, I was a graphic communication major for three years. Hmm. Um, and then I was like, I'm not like really into this. Like it's, it's cool. Like I can design stuff, but it's like, I'm not really learning anything yeah. substantial. Hmm. And it's like, I'm paying a lot of money to do this. So I was like, you know, when you're in the art school, it's like, you got to pay for all your mats and like your art supplies and everything else. And like, I was driving, I was going to school five days a week and I was driving like 50 miles each way. So it was like, I wasn't even talking to anybody at school. So it's like the whole college experience, like I didn't have that because I was commuting to school so long. So it was like, I would go and then I would probably not pay attention to class. From then, home? Yeah. For, like you were saying at home? Yeah. So like I would get up at like five o'clock every day Ugh. to get to class at 8.30 because the traffic and everything was so crazy. So I'd leave at like 5.30, 6 every day. And it just, you know, when you're a junior at the University of Houston, you have to apply to be like in this program called block, which is how you get the degree. Hmm. Um, and they only had a certain number of slots so that if you didn't get in like three times, you had to change your major. Damn. So it's like, you could be in school for four years and they tell you you have to change your major. 
And I was like, I'm just going to act like I'm going to get denied and just accept it. And then I'm going to switch my major. Right. And I switched to, uh, to marketing and that's what I graduated with a degree in. Oh shit. Barely. But like I, I graduated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so fuck that's insane. That's such a long, a long drive to go back and forth. And then yeah, to not communicate with people, you like miss that whole atmosphere. So then what were you, yeah. were you spending most of your time when you would go home focusing on being creative? No, I'm probably the laziest creative in the world. <laughs> like it's cause I just go on these spurts. Like I'll just like go in a hole and I'll do something for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, otherwise it's like, and I was, I was actually talking about this on Twitter last week. Cause this guy told me that, uh, he said that I wasn't a real photographer because I'm not shooting every day. And I was like, you clearly have never had to shoot every day. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if I'm working a lot and like my workload is crazy and it's like not even photo related stuff, right. it's like the strategy and everything else. Right. Like, I'm not going to just like hang out and shoot. Like I'm not just one of those, like let's shoot people. No, nah, just and even dumping raw photos onto <laughs> your computer and having to go through light from like, that's a fucking 25 yeah. minute process. Yeah, maybe. It's like I'm, I'm good. So it's like, if I have time off, like I'm going to take that time off. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and I just, I just thought that that was funny. Cause it's like, I don't knock anybody that does that. Cause I know people that like, they have to be shooting all the time. Yeah. And I think that's great. You know, mm-hmm. that's like the outlet for them. That's not how I am. Right. So it's like, you know, when you say, oh yeah. And like, let's uh, shoot when we're there. So like people were saying, you know, to shoot when I was in LA and I was like, I, I don't really want to. I don't really want to. <laughs> like we can hang out. Yeah. Like we can go get coffee or something, but it's like, I'm not really trying to like work on yeah. here. And then like, obviously that changed, but um, yeah, it's just. I don't know what I spent my time on. Like I, I know that cause that was like pre that was before YouTube got really big. Right. Um, so like in high school, like all I would do is Photoshop tutorials. Like I would just wake up and I would just do them nonstop. So I started with like Photoshop. Like making your own. No, like I would make my own. Yeah. Um, and I would try to like put them on blogs and stuff and get like Google AdSense dollars, which if you've ever done anything with Google AdSense, especially back then it paid like nothing. Yeah. So I think all in all, I got like a hundred dollars ever Goddamn. for all the impressions that it got. So it was right. like nothing. Um, but I would just try and learn as much as I possibly could. Um, cause I had like a bootleg version of Photoshop seven. And then yep. once I got to college, I started paying for it. Yeah. Cause this is when I got the, the discounts and everything. And then, uh, so I mean now in my free time, I don't really watch TV. Like I just watch YouTube videos on how to do things. Right. Cause it like, it bothers me when I don't know how to do something. And I'm like, you know, this other person's doing this and like the brands are looking at this and I'm like, okay, well, I got to do that. Yeah, exactly. You got to like brush up your tools or like continue to like have more new tools. Exactly. As they pop up. Cause everyone's always changing shit. And I feel the same way too with video and photos. Like my can't, I put my shit in my closet and I'm not using it. My whole week could be spent on strategy for multiple different projects or whatever. And then, then you sit there and you look at Instagram like, fuck, I should probably post something on my Instagram, but like I haven't done anything. I don't want to post old shit. And then yeah. you just get in this weird cycle where you're like battling your mental of like not being relevant anymore. Yeah. It's even, it's even worse with me because it's like, I'll want to post something and it's like, okay, I have this. that's really cool. But it's like, if it's not shoes, nobody cares. Right. Weird. So it's like, there's just so much stuff that I do that I never really put up. Right. So it's more for me. Mm. It's not necessarily like for Instagram. Cause it's like, you would appreciate it. Like if you're, you know, um, like really an after effects or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's some stuff that, you know, people would appreciate, but you know, the way that things get seen and, um, you know, having people like complain about like Instagram's algorithms and, and stuff like that. Cause it's just at the end of the day, like make what you want to make. And you know, if people want to follow you, like they're going to, they're going to go for that. Right. So like there's people that are, you know, super, super like dedicated to like going, going through my stuff. And like, I really, really appreciate it. And it's, it's crazy to me because it's, like it's 
to me, it's just me trying to do something better for right. myself. Like I don't really do it for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for a client, like, yes, it's for a client they're paying, but like I'm challenging myself. Like I'm pushing myself. Yeah. It's like when people ask me how to do things, like I have no issues whatsoever telling you exactly how I did something. Cause either one, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, two, you're just not going to want to do it or three, you're going to do it. And you're going to do it better than me. And then I'm going to figure out how to do something else. To win. So, <laughs> I know. So it's like, I don't like when people try to like hold the information and everything else, like why? I hate that. Like there's not a single original idea in the world. You just found a different way to do it than somebody else did. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're super stressed about like holding something like a process, like next to your heart, like you're not doing something with, it's like a, ma- it's not a manufacturing process. Yeah. Like you're using the same tools as everyone else. Somebody's going to figure it out eventually. Exactly. And you know, it's a great way to like, you know, just build relationships with people. It's like going back to me being introverted, like, a lot of times when people will ask me about things like that's when I'll start talking to those people more and more um, because it's, it's more of a relationship builder because not everybody, like you don't want anything from anybody. Right. You're not like, you're not asking me for free shoes or yeah. something like that. It's, you know, we're having like a conversation that's adding value for everyone. Yeah. That's, and it's not a waste of time. That's why I, th- I was, it was so important for me to start this community because I'd see that shit and I even see it when I try to get people on the show. I'd be like, yo, yeah. come up, come through and like, let's just chop it up. We'll talk about stuff like, and people be like, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to give up like the way I'm doing it yet. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, like I don't get it. People are going to <laughs> like, it, if it becomes something that's like a hot commodity, the internet goes crazy. Like mm-hmm. you don't think that they're trying to crack down how they, how Travis Scott did sickle mode. You know what I mean? Like how, how that happened. Like yeah. everyone's dying, like going through figuring out what did Dave Myers do? How did he make this shit happen? Like exactly. replicate, like it's, it's impossible to hold the secrets. I feel like it's like you're saying, it just benefits everyone to share information and also help encourage people to be better at what they're doing. Like if they're yeah. interested in it, that's already cool that you set a trend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for me on tour, when we just did this last tour, the whole time it was like creating like this silent moment or whatever, instead of photos, it wasn't like a recap video. It'd just be like a little moment from a show or something. So yeah. I just like do whatever. And it, I hadn't really seen anyone really do that before. Like gifts are obviously a thing, but it was like a cinematic gif. Yeah. And then now I've just seen more and more people, obviously like as they were like, they're my friends in the industry too. And they're like, yo, that's fucking sick, blah, blah. And the next thing I see them going to a show and they're shooting a very similar thing. And I'm yeah. like, that's fucking dope. Yeah. And like, I told like Beyonce's uh, CEO about it. He's like, dude, I saw him doing that at the Super Bowl and shit too. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like that's yeah. really crazy if it blew up that big. It's not like I... I'm probably not the first person to ever do that, obviously, but yeah. it's the idea that we did it for someone so, so big that it like kind of leaned into the culture and then people yeah. were like, Oh cool. And I'm like, why would I be mad at that? Like if someone goes in books, if a big brand pays some other creator, like thousands of dollars to come do what I, that they got inspired by me to do it. I'm not mad at that. That just means yeah. that there's a reason for that people are paying for this shit. Like exactly. And that, you know, that affirms what, what you thought. And it's like, if, you know, a lot of times people like tag me in something that like a brand did and it's for whatever reason, a lot of people, believed that I was doing a lot of the animation stuff like early, which I don't really think that I was. Right. Um, and it's only been like a couple people, but it's like animating images, like the way that I do them. Okay. Gotcha. So just like the, the boomerangs, like there's, yeah, yeah. like I'm just taking something from something else. Like mm-hmm. I've, like I've said it before, like I take most of my ideas from like food commercials. Yeah. Like if you look at one of my shoe animations and go look at a red lobster commercial, you're going to see the same thing. <laughs> so, so it's tight. like, you know, it's, I'm just taking, it's like, you know, real creativity to me, and like actual creativity is being able to see patterns that other people don't see. Right. So if I see an opportunity to do something with, with food, like at the end of the day, food is a product, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're selling a product and 
if you're if you're trying to focus on something that's so small, like nobody else can give me an example of something that would be that small that you're focusing on. So if you're small, focusing on a shoe that's this big, or you know a steak that's this big, there's a lot of similarities there, and like you can as corny as it sounds and as cheesy as it sounds, like it's just really easy to get the ideas from there. That makes total sense. And then just giving them a new context. Mm-hmm. So it's like, nobody's, nobody's doing anything different. Like these people that are doing the, uh, like they're doing like these vertical, like 15 second pieces, right? Like how is that any different? Like putting a bunch of, um, you know, B roll and then with a narrator over it, it's making it super, super cinematic for like an ad or something. How is that any different than like, a movie trailer right because if it's two different contexts so yeah. you're just taking it and you're you're filling in like you're being creative because you're moving it to something else yeah no i feel that that's super interesting so you let's go back to you having a clothing company that was during college yes it was during high school and college so is this like your first you're like fuck i'm not gonna ever draw better than these people i'm gonna take on marketing you start marketing is that what kind of started you said it was in high school and college yeah. So, so, you, so this is before even you got into marketing, you were already thinking of like... Yeah, I mean, the first thing I ever did was I sold hot sauce to taco trucks. Okay, word. <laughs> what do you mean? So, Let's I mean, that was, a, that was when I was when I first moved down here. Um, I remember that uh, me and my mom were having a conversation about something, and she was just like really stressed out about money. Hmm. And I was like 12 or 13, so I was like, I don't think I can get a job. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like highly illegal yeah. for me to work somewhere. Right. But I was like, so I'm just going to go to all these sketchy places and see if they'll give me a job. Like, I went to like a... A hairdressing place i'm like if y'all let me sweep or something like i just need like a little bit of money um and then this is this is how long ago it was because i was walking home through the parking lot of a blockbuster and there was this taco truck in the blockbuster parking lot that was always there and they had the worst salsa that i ever had <laughs> in my life but the tacos were like amazing yeah and like coming from missouri like we don't have taco trucks like right. you know we were an hour from civilization so like i thought taco trucks were just mind-blowing yeah. in the first place and then the next day, like, I told my mom, you know, we went to this farmer's market in Houston and I just grabbed a bunch of peppers and like tomatoes and I just like threw them in a blender and it was even worse than their salsa. But I think that they were surprised that I would do that. And I came back and I brought my friend that, that spoke Spanish and he told them, and I don't know what he told them. Like, I'm not going to take any credit because I have no idea what he said to them because yeah. I didn't understand the conversation. But I mean, I know that they gave us, they bought enough hot sauce from us that summer um, cause we were selling to him. Like we would go to like the community pool and we would go sell them hot sauce first. So we would have like money to like spend at the pool that day. Wow. To get, like snacks and stuff. And then like we had enough money to where, um, we had a lawnmower and we started mowing lawns. And you started and, mowing lawns. Yeah. And I got the biggest, the first check I ever got was, was $30. And I was like, man, we just got, we just got paid. Like we got so much money. <laughs> I know. Right. Like I was like, I told my mom, I was like, we're going to Sonic. Like I'm buying everybody food. And it was like the whole 30 was like gone. Yeah. Right. And I was okay. like, well, okay, well now I have to make more money. <laughs> yeah. So that was like the first way that I made money. And then in high school, that was when, you know, I was still doing the drawing thing. And I started something like sophomore year mm-hmm. and I called it 32 clothing. And that was because I was young and I didn't know how to search the internet apparently. <laughs> so, um, right I think it was like halfway through my, or like the beginning of my senior year, um, I found out about 32 footwear, which is like a huge, it's like a huge snowboarding. I was going to say 32. Company. Yeah. I think so I was like, well, there, yeah, I was like, so there goes that, like yeah. that's not going to work. And then I'm like, all right, my life's over. I'm like 16 or 17. <laughs> my life's over. So I'm just like being super dramatic. I was yeah. like, I got to figure this out. And then, um, me and my partner Ray were talking he said simply complicated or something. I was like, that's it. It's like, let's use that. I was like, I can come up with designs on that like all day. Like everything's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, have all these shirts. And then, um, 
freshman year of college is when when Jay wore it um, at O2 Stadium with Coldplay. Jay Z, yeah, he did wear your shit. He did. He That's wore it, crazy. He wore it twice, and it was it helped out because like he wore it, and then he came home and he was like doing this interview, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't wear anything twice." And then he did a show at UMass, and he wore it again. Damn. And like people were calling him out that he wore it twice, and like that was still the the craziest thing. Like it's when we it's were like the best advertisement that people are saying like you wore it twice you yeah. wore this shirt you know yeah. and i'm sure i'm sure he has like no recollection of mm-hmm. this shirt whatsoever yeah some li- some one of his yeah. june probably gave it to him exactly that was that was one of her interns who wow me up. so it was like they found me on this blog that was getting like no traffic and they called me and i was like this isn't even real and it was for the run this town video <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was so, like so random yeah it was for the run this town video and everything was supposed to be for kanye but I guess like Jay went in and I guess just like took all I like the racks. that. I'm aware yeah. of that. All right. Yeah, it was cool. And because I was like, when the Run This Town video came out, I remember it came out on, it came out on like September like 4th or 5th or something. Is it in the video? No, it's not in the video oh, at damn. all. They didn't wear it in the video. But like a week later is when he was like performing in it. And I was just like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Like, this is wild. Like, I don't even know what to do right now. Cause like the week before is when, um, like J Rock was wearing it like backstage because Scoremore, like I'd always given Scoremore shirts and mm. Claire from Scoremore um, gave TD all the shirts for me. Right. And that was when, uh, like, I guess Kendrick's like first big tour. So it was like right when um, Dre announced him. Like that video Fuck. that Dre was talking about. So it was way back. Yeah. And then uh, I still had the, I still, that was like right before, that was like right when I started doing the photography stuff because I wanted to try and pick up, you know, the attention that I was getting from that. And yeah you know, I messed a lot of things up and that shirt ended up being like the best and worst thing that ever happened because it got to the point where people only wanted the shirt that he wore. And then after like two years, nobody wanted it anymore. Right. So I was like, I would release all these other designs and it would just, you know, nothing would get, nothing would sell. Mm. So I was like, okay, well it's time to let this go. But the photography stuff, like I have like no overhead and I can just do that. Right. So then I started shoot, starting shooting shows a lot. Um, so wait, we're, we're, Jay and J Rock both wearing the same design, different ones, different ones. Yeah, and like That's the so J Rock, and like the J Rock one, you would literally only know that he wore it if you watched the tour recap video from like the Houston or the Texas tour, right? Where all of them were together. Yeah. So it was uh, hmm. so I, I might be messing up the times a little bit. I think J Rock was a little bit after Jay Z actually, but it was um, Bunby, who's you know the, probably the most legendary Houstonian. Yeah, right. As far as music goes, and uh. He's always helped me out. A ton. That's sick. He's amazing. And we used to, cause he was, you know, he's lost a lot of weight now, but he, uh, he used to wear three X. So like we would, we didn't ever make three X cause American apparel three X's were just like insanely expensive. Dumb expensive, huh? So we would just, we would get one three X made for him every time. And like I ripped off, I ripped off the, the Nike thing that they do for the LeBrons where it's like, you know, uh, made to the exact specifications of King James. Right. So I made bun like a custom tag that was on the inside. Um, so like his shirt tag, like it said the size and then it like had all of that listed out, like with my logo Wow. as the screen printed tag. So I had to like pay a bunch extra to have that specially screened every time. Yeah. But, you but know, it's he, worth it. Cause he's impressed. Yeah. And I mean, a decade later, like he still, you know, he, he never, um, he never stopped just be like, you know, being around and like supporting right. like anything that I've, I've ever done. Like if I've asked for his support, like he's, he's been there. He's really, that's pretty really crazy. Yeah. That's fucking nuts, man. So Man, I feel like, so immediately you saw, okay, we're trying to print more shit. No one's buying it because they just want these specific designs. You let it yeah. run for like two years before you kind of called it quits. Was this you and a, a partner, right? Yeah. 
So you guys like kind of let it fizzle out for a while or? Yeah. But I mean, I was, I was doing most of the work. I'd yeah. say probably like 95% of it. Um, cause I was the one that was like trying to call stores and like get it in stores. And we had a couple of stores. So I think at the most, at one time, I think the most we had was like 13 stores that were, that were, that were carrying stuff. Shit. Yeah. Wow. In like four countries, which was cool to say, but it was like, they were ordering like 10 or 12 shirts mm. and they weren't selling. So it's like, they weren't ordering again. So how's that work? Do they buy it up front, take the 14, they're not selling. So that, that like they're just losing money, right? I mean, I was just convincing them. I was convincing them to pay up front because I knew if it was going to be, if it was going to come down to me having to sell the shirts to get paid, I was never going to get paid. Right. And then if there was a chance that I could get paid, I wouldn't have that product. So like I had the advantage of it, the orders being so small that I could generally convince them to pay up front. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, at that point, they just discounted or whatever, but they could always sell it on clearance for more than what they, what I was charging. Right. So it was just a low enough, because I didn't really care about making the money. Like, it would have been nice to make the money back, which we usually made the money back, but, yeah. like, the last couple releases, it just didn't work. That's so interesting. Like, yeah. I, if you have such a thriving, like, like for uh, drama to, like, start Young and Reckless off the TV show, and yeah. then to rock that shit, I guess he's consistently wearing the gear like on the show versus just like one pop out. Like there yeah. wasn't just like one standout, but I mean, it's also like the same challenge artists handle all the time. Like if you were, but one even hit him, wonder, like I remember, like I remember that it seemed like young and reckless, like wasn't going to really, it wasn't really going to get off the ground. And then like it blew yeah. like very quickly. And I mean, it's still, it's still here, which like can't be said for a lot of people. Like I haven't seen, like there's a lot of brands that were around in like 2010 to 2011 that, you know, they would just like be crazy over on like Fairfax and stuff. And, you don't really hear about them anymore. Yeah, it's weird. Like even the hundreds, which is like a legendary brand, like there's the people that, you know, still really, really respect what, you know, Bobby and, and Ben did. And I'm going to be one of those people forever, but it's like, you don't see as much hundreds as you used to. Yeah. And it's like, they've, and you know, I heard them talking about a podcast too, that, you know, they know that they're not as popular as they, they once were, but it's like, it gives them the advantage because they can, they can spend more time, like really catering to those people that are, that are there for them. Yeah which I think is great. Yeah. Cause it's like, I feel like if you're and I've always said this, like if you're just, if you're just doing something so that you can check off something on a list, like that's not the right reason. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like, I'm not going to take on a client if they're just trying to like hit numbers. Right. Cause numbers don't, at the end of the day, numbers don't mean anything like your followers, likes, whatever. That doesn't mean anything. It's cool that those are there, but it's like out of the followers I have, like I still get like the, my engagement's not that crazy. It never is like the, yeah. the ratio to what you should be getting. It's like, yeah. So it's like, I know that there's stuff that I'm, that I'm doing that may be better than some stuff that's going crazy. But it's like, at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter. Right. Like I'm still, you know, I live comfortably. Like everybody is, you know, good. Yeah. So that's all that matters to right. me. Like I'm doing something that, that makes me happy. Like creativity and creative feels like they're a very selfish thing. Mm -hmm. Like you, if you're saying that you're doing it for someone else, like you're lying. Right. Like it's, it's absolutely something that you do for you. Yeah. And you know, you, other people can be involved in that and you could say that you're doing it so that you can provide for other people, which usually isn't the case because you usually don't make that much money unless you're like an outlier and right. you're just making crazy money. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it's always something that no matter what, like you're still doing it for you. Hmm. That makes sense. So what was it, the transition into photography you know, are you starting to, were you trying to capture shows that maybe people were wearing your shit? Was that like what, what kind of sparked the, so the, the thing that started it is I was like, you know, I was <clears throat> trying to take the hundreds model. I was like, you know, they're going, they're shooting all these shows and stuff. And like, 
I can get a, I can probably get a press pass through Frank 151 because I know somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Like I bought a camera at a pawn shop with my financial aid money, um, and I thought it was a terrible. I thought it was a terrible camera. Not that I wasn't a good photographer. Right. So I was at that like beginning stage of photography where you just want to buy everything and everyone yeah exactly like these people that like they're selling like the the lightroom controllers and stuff like it's knobs dude yeah like, you're not doing Fucking anything yeah. like, you're just making things to sell right. people which you know the marketer in me like respects that but right. like the photographer i'm just like you're wasting people's time no and it's uh yeah and it's with stuff like that it's the photography was to help me get into places where i could give people shirts because that was what i always did like i always I only ever had like one or two lenses because then I couldn't fit shirts in my backpack. That's hilarious. So it was like the security would be like, why do you have all these shirts? I'm like, it just doesn't matter. Like I don't have anything else. Like, let me go. And like, they wouldn't bother me. And so like the security, like the main place I always shot, he was like, whatever, don't check his stuff. He's fine. Cause we'd just be full of shirts. Yeah, every time. They always know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, once I realized that that wasn't really, it wasn't really panning out cause the stuff I was doing wasn't that great. Like um, the photos. Or the merch? Well, the photos were pretty bad at first, too. Yeah. Because, like, I didn't know what I was doing right. at all. Like, the first show that I ever shot was Big Sean in the restaurant at the House of Blues. And I snuck into that show, and I took pictures with Flash, with the kit lens, <laughs> standing on top of a couch. And, like, Big Sean, and, like, looking at these pictures today, like, it's cringeworthy so, how so bad garbage. they were. Yeah, like, I was going through, like, my old... Uh, God, I can't. I need to do that, too it's humbling man like, <laughs> like it was like oh. i was like i was looking at some work this week and i was like man my stuff's like i haven't really done anything really really cool in a while and then i went and like i found like my deviant art account from high school and i was like this is so bad like uh, i feel great about myself right now right because it's like this is like this isn't even the same person man and like the the photos like they i, I would say that they got good pretty fast mm-hmm. but then that's when i started not really wanting to do concerts anymore because it seemed like when I was shooting concerts, a lot of people's stuff was looking the same. Yeah, it's hard. It's, yeah, because I mean, you're gonna have the same lights. Most of the time, you're in a six foot box. You have the same three songs. You can't really move. Like, what are you gonna do that's different? Yeah. And you know, you have these people that are just like absolutely incredible about it. Like um, Greg Norris from Houston. Beast. He's he's it pisses me off how good he is. He's a motherfucking beast, yo. <laughs> it's, he's, he's unreal. We've been, he was supposed to be on this like four different times where every time he comes <laughs> here, I respect it because he's a family man. So he's yeah. like in and out. And yeah, I think at Coachella, we were trying to do it in the hotel and it was just like both times, every single time. It's always like, yo, we might have to do this the next time. Like I'm exhausted. I just did this shit, this shit, this shit. I'm like, yeah, of course you are. You're a fucking machine. Yeah. He's, he's ridiculous. And it's crazy because the first time I ever met him was the last show that I ever shot. Oh shit. And it was, we were both in the pit at the wish show and he came up to me. Cause like, that was when I started doing tutorials and I posted this. It was like a, a product retouching video. It was like a screen cap of me, like retouching a beer bottle. Cause when I started shooting shoes, I was a food photographer and that was like at the beginning of me right. being a food photographer. And he was like asking me about the video and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, it's cool. And like, I had seen his work every now and then, but then just like, you know, like his stuff on the Donald Glover tour is just so crazy. If He's there's so not good. a book, I'm going to be, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. The yeah, shit that insane. he shoots is nuts. Yeah. He, uh, the reason we met was because, um, this dude came on to, when I was on tour with school IQ, we went to, um, made in America mm-hmm. and which was cool for me. Cause I was like finally touring in like a big tour. 
I got to go to Made in America, which I've always wanted to go. I've always watched the live streams and shit, like being yeah. from Iowa. And I get there and SZA was performing. So we went, so Q could pop up and perform a song with her. And after the show, SZA came in our bus and she just like came to say hi when she brought like three of her friends. And one of the dudes was like a photographer and he introduced himself to me. And I swore it was Greg something and I didn't yeah. know what it was. So I looked up Greg I found him and I was like, oh, he's a photographer. And he had just shot her, but yeah. it was in Texas. So when I messaged him, I'm like, did I just meet you in the bus? And he's like, <laughs> nah, I'm in Texas. I'm like, oh, well, your shit's tight. And he's like, yeah, I just shot this the other day. That's crazy. I'm like, all right, cool. We're like, whatever. Yeah. And then like a year later, we met somewhere. We're like, yo, what's up? And then I've just followed him since. I'm like, that's the most random way to meet someone. But yeah. to stumble on his shit and not have seen it before. I'm like, this dude is beast at capturing shows. It's yeah, crazy. Like, I don't think there's a single person it's breathing crazy. right now that shoots shows better than he, he he's a monster man that's yeah. fucking shout out to greg follow him if you don't know him um but he so he was watching your tutorials um i mean i don't know if he's watching my tutorials he saw that specific video because right. we didn't like that was like that was when you know his Aussie, his audience wasn't that big mm-hmm. mine was super super small like mine didn't even start growing until like late 2016 right like when i actually moved to the city yeah and i could work more like that didn't really take hold till then when I started working with finish line. Mm. Um, but you were doing food, you were doing food while doing the concerts or I was just shooting whatever, everything except for weddings. Like I'll never shoot weddings. How'd you get into it's, food? Um, so You're all like, through we some fire shots, my hot sauce. bro. So. <laughs> so the, uh, all through college, um, I worked at a Best Buy call center. Okay. So I worked for Geek Squad. Yeah. Call Center, which is like the most miserable job. I can only fucking imagine. And it was like right when VCRs were like still being sold a lot. So it was just like every <laughs> single call was like me talking to an old person, like how to connect their VCR up to their T-bone. And I'm like, why are you? Like, this is like, I'm shortening my life, like sitting here on this phone. Right. And then I would just like, towards the end, it got to the point where like they moved me to overnight and I was like answering chats on bestbuy.com and I was like, I don't really feel like it. So I would go like a whole night and not answer like a single one. Right. I would just like X them out and like watch YouTube videos and I'd go to the gym for like two hours and right. come back. And you know, Sounds rightfully, rightfully so I got fired <laughs> oh, Okay, fair. <laughs> on my day off. And, uh, I was like applying for jobs and it was, it was weird because I'd never been fired before, but it was just like, okay, cool. Like that's over. I don't ever have to go there again. So that's right. fine. And I was just like applying I was just like on Craigslist and it was like social media manager needed. So like I read a bunch of like social media manager articles Mm -hmm. and I submitted my resume and like I got a job at a catering company the next day who he's my partner now um, is my, the guy who hired me before. And so I was shooting food for his catering company. So I had never shot food before, but that was a part of what I needed to do for him. So that's when I started shooting food a lot. And that's what, you know, I got really, really into that because I just, like I said, when I get into something, like I go in a hole, like that's what yeah. I focus on. And like people don't realize how hard food photography is. I've done it before, like lightly and it was, and it was early for me. So yeah. I was like, fuck, how do you light this shit? How do you make it look like norm- like McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like the retouching is difficult. And mm. It's it's just, it's so incredibly hard. Yeah. And like I post stuff about it every now and then, but like I know people don't care as much because they don't, they see that the pictures are good, but like I'm a person who nerds out over like the technical aspect of mm-hmm. it. And so like doing things like product photography, like if I'm shooting a, a product for one of my clients, like one of my clients is a, or one of the clients for the, the small agency is a, is a dispensary in Boston. So like if we're shooting a bud that's like this big, right? Right. Like that one bud may take me 60 shots because mm-hmm. I have to like stack everything. Yeah. So it's like that stuff, the like, yes, all these before and after things on Lightroom are cool, but like that's not doing anything technical, no. right? So it's like, it's not about how you, 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 like I saw you did a YouTube video. Uh, I think it was one of your last tutorials that you posted. It was like, 
maybe you had some like jelly beans or some shit and you were trying to shoot it at an angle yeah so or that was the, that beans. was gummies for the that was gummies for the okay, dispensary company and like i screwed that up because i let the gummies sit on my desk and texas is texas and it's very hot <laughs> shit so they were all deformed but it was like you know when you're shooting at something at scale because it's like people get a camera and like they don't they don't try to learn they don't try to learn about like what a focal plane is right mm-hmm. like something super basic that like you know if you consider yourself a pro like considering yourself a pro is and being a pro is knowing the basics yeah it's like if you're just one of those people that's just like i'm shooting and i'm using lightroom presets like that's cool but you're not trying to like push yourself you're not trying to learn right you're not trying to learn the craft of what you're doing which is why if you go to something especially shows and you're there with like all these older guys that have been around for a long time and they're wearing you know their photo vests and everything else and all their pictures suck but they know what they're doing yeah and that's why they've been able to make it a career so it's like if you have this old guy who's trying to tell you that you know i don't edit any of my pictures because that's against ap guidelines okay cool bro congratulations like i want my stuff to look cool yeah but you know he's making a living off of it and you're probably like i got paid for one show ever i shot 250 shows jesus christ and i was supposed to the only i was supposed to get a total of two shows paid for but I never got paid for the first one. <laughs> so, what, do you, what do you mean? What, what were you doing? Were you just shooting them, like volunteering to shoot them? Or was someone like... Like I was saying it was for SC Knows because SC Knows was like a blog. Oh, okay. Word. So it was like I was just putting everything on there or I would say it's like Frank Funt. Right. But it was just to get access. Like it was just to meet people. Like that was the only thing I cared about. Right, right, right. Like the other, my other business partner is somebody that I met through while doing that and he can't take a picture to save his life like mm. he still can't but that was when he met because he was doing like a magazine thing at that point so that was how he knew people yeah and that was how he met people so that was the only thing i used it for but i wasn't getting i wasn't making any money off of it right if anything it was costing me a ton of money because i'm driving so far to do it yeah. and i'm paying for parking and like i drove to like two festivals like i did like i put myself up at south by four times so it's like now i go to south by and like i go to the the tech week and then as soon as like all the music starts i leave yeah Cause it's just like that stuff was cool and like it's. What will you do at Tech Week? Is it is it for networking? Or are you going to like? Were you going to? Catch I mean, I go to like the panels and stuff like yeah. that. So it's like I'm not really working it. Yeah, you're just going to learn. Yeah, hmm. uh, that's uh, that's when I get like really into the the marketing aspect of things. Right. So product photography, shooting like food and shit like that. Does that transition into you starting to pick up shoes? Yeah. So I got hired um, by Finish Line as a freelancer in October 2016. Hmm. And the thing was, you know, we have like the small budget and we need Instagram assets. So um, we're going to have you shoot three shoes a month. You do like six to 12 photos or something. Like right. That's all we want. And that was how I started shooting shoes. But I had never shot shoes before that. Like I was literally a food photographer the day I got started working with Finish Line. That's crazy. And like the first ones that I shot, like I shot some Adidas Alpha Bounce um, on like a yellow poster board, like on my mom's kitchen table. Right. Next to a sweet corn. <laughs> it was it was literally like just the the yellow and i was like oh it's so cool because i like i had the the fishing wire or whatever and like i had it held up yeah. and i thought i was doing something crazy and the other ones like i couldn't figure it out because i was like this is so boring like this is an ugly shoe like how am i supposed to like take a picture of this and then i realized like how challenging it was but like how cool it could be like if i figured it out yeah like if i was going to do something that was different like i feel like it would have gotten noticed and like six or seven months in because it's a monthly thing and it's still a monthly thing to this day and but they're uh, just hiring you on like retainer to capture yeah so it's like a month yeah so it's like a monthly retainer they send me shoes every month and right then, um you know we go from there they let me do whatever i want which is amazing do they give you models and shit or are you finding all that on your own no i i get i get it all on my own so they literally just send me the shoes and then right. go for it so just go for it yeah it's great yeah um 
and everybody at finish line is amazing. Yeah. So it's, you know, I have creative control. I can do whatever I want to. They trust what I want to do. Um, it's a fucking win. Yeah, exactly. Cause like having a client that'll let you do what you want is so a rare. dream, bro. Yeah. It's like as cool as it is. And like, as amazing it is to like meet with like these big companies and things like that. It's like, yeah, this is really cool. Like I'm going to meet with them. I'm going to do some stuff with them. And then you get there and like, they give you like the list of deliverables you have to do. And like, here's your brand guidelines and like, make sure that your colors match this. Like here's the Pantones that make like worse. Yeah. Like I'm good. The finish lines, like this is fire. Do it. Yeah. That's like dope. I'll literally get like, I'll be like, did you get the, did you look at the folders? And then I'll just get a bunch of fire emojis and like, <laughs> okay, approved. There we go. <laughs> That's so perfect. That's like yeah, the perfect it's like, scenario. It's the perfect client. Like yeah. I love finish line. Right. Um, you know, other, other clients that we have, not, not the same. Of course. Like I'll get some, um, that, you know, they'll email about everything. And like, Sometimes I, get it. <laughs> I like, I, I kind of like that that happens because it, it trains you to be willing to work with people Yeah. in the sense of like, I, I know that that happens all the time where I'm like frustrated because of my, I know for sure this is the one, this yeah. is the edit or this is the photo, whatever. This is going to be, everyone's going to love this shit. And then you show the person that you think is going to say it's going to be fire. And they're like, Oh, what if we do and like change the whole thing? And I'm like, <laughs> letting that go is such a challenging move. Once you learn how to do that, you're like, all right, cool. I can be more flexible with brands. Yeah. You can do those shitty jobs like that for a while. And then that allows you to be creatively con controlling of your own content or whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing because I know that I'm wrong a lot. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I was very, very, very cocky and annoying for no reason up until like a few years ago. <laughs> and I, I had to, <laughs> And I had to realize that, like, I hadn't really done anything. Like, I haven't really done anything. I haven't accomplished all this. Like, there's no reason for me to think the way that I think. Right. Like, yeah, be confident that you know what you're doing, but, like, don't be a dickhead. Right. And that guy was just, I was... What do you mean? To, like, other people that no, were... No, like, just the way that I talked about things. Like, I would just hype things up and... It's just embarrassing to Dog. see like Facebook memories. Like I'll delete every single it's one. It's the worst. Sometimes I'm like, that's that Grant's dead. Like he's gone. <laughs> I see my old shit on Facebook and it's like me. Cause I used to do music and shit and yeah. I would promote as if I were like a Kendrick or whoever it was at the yeah. time or like Mac Miller, how he had his whole squad and like they put out content or big Sean and all these people. And you're just like, fuck, I want to be like them. So be like, yo, pull up to the thing. It's going to be lit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you're like, I'm like, what do I No, I wasn't talking to anyone. Like I was talking to my town. Of, yeah. Like, like I would show like the corner of like a, a, like I would get really close to my monitor and be like, yeah, y'all aren't ready for this one. Yeah. It'd be like a mock-up and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm looking at it now. I was like, I wouldn't even wear that. Like it's so right. bad. I would always do like blurry screenshots of like a timeline and it's like, oh, yeah. no one cares what's on there. No one's going to watch that shit when it comes out. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still do that stuff now. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Cause no, like, I do too. But at the time I'm like three, two likes. No one knew, knew what a timeline was. I was yeah. talking to like my fucking high school friends that didn't like, they're all doing normal jobs and shit. Yeah. I mean, it's for me personally now it's like, I'll take a picture of a timeline. Cause I was like, I managed to get through all this in premiere mm. with it crashing 27,000 times fucking worse like I'm proud of this so like here's a picture of my yeah. timeline that's no, all dude, the, that's the best like after we finish documentaries and you show like before and after we like clean it up it's like so fucking it, I don't know humbling because <laughs> you're just like fuck that's a lot of clips like, yeah like I've never had to edit something longer than like 20 minutes <sighs> I'd cry if I had to do anything that long <laughs> that's three documentaries yeah that's that's a lot it's so much to keep track of and like people people don't realize that like the life of an editor must be difficult. Like there's no way that I could just do that all day. It's fucking intense, dude. You have to know so many things at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like having five different conversations and then teaching those people at the same time. Right. And then you have notes once. coming in. They want you to try two or three versions of one thing and you're like, all of a sudden that's all spread out and it's just a yeah. mess, bro. It's like the fucking worst. It was cool for us doc, doc wise. Cause I was at the same pace when I got into it. I'd never done anything more than like 10 minutes maybe. Yeah. And 
the first doc we did was Chris Brown's documentary. Mm-hmm. And so it was 90 minutes maybe total. And what we did, what I thought was cool was we broke it into like segments. So you had like real one, real two, real three, real four, yeah. and you divided up. So they are like 11 minutes. And it was like kind of annoying because when you were trying to watch it, then you'd have to like grab all this shit from the sequence, grab all this shit from the sequence yeah. and put them together. But the payoff is that when you go to export for delivery, like anytime you had to show a client or something, you'd export it. And if something got fucked up, you didn't have to re-export the entire film. You got to only just go back, tweak your one thing and one yeah. reel and then go back. And I was like, oh, fuck, that makes too much sense. And then, yeah. you know, it solves the problem. But you have to like think of how this... Coming shit- up with those processes in the first place is yeah. very difficult. It's fucking crazy. And it's like, and thankfully there's like a lot of tools that can like help you with that. So mm-hmm. like a thing that we use a lot, um, I'm going to say what it is, even though they charged my credit card twice for no reason. Motherfuckers. But, um, did you get the money back? <laughs> yeah, I got it back. So that's, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's worth it to use people. And it's something called, um, frame frame. Yeah. So okay. it's, I use it with, with clients and everything like that. And it's, it's great. Like what is you, it? It's, it's just a website where it's basically like you can annotate videos. So you're sending, you can upload directly from premiere. It's like a panel in premiere. Mm. You can access comments and like, you can literally go off a checklist of comments. They're like, okay, move this here. Right. And then you can like check it off and go as you go and do it as you go. Cause like I'm super unorganized. Yeah. And oops shit. Um, frame. Yeah. It's frame.io. Is it similar to how like I know Vimeo pro or whatever is doing something where you can annotate in the side, like you can mark a spot or pinpoint. Yeah. Is it similar to that? Kind of. Have you seen that? Um, I just got Vimeo like last week. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't used it, but I yeah. know people are like hyped about it. Cause it just allows you to be like, yo, change this shot of her shirt yeah. to the white shirt or something like you can like pinpoint certain things, but yeah, just from like an organization standpoint, it's really, really good. Yeah. And it, it's helped a lot, especially if you have a client, it's like not the best with communication. Right. Um, cause like when you're, when you're working with a brand or something, it's like their entire job is communication. Hmm. So they're not going to leave you alone. Ever. So it's fine. Yeah. But like you get another client and it's like, they're trying to run their business. Like this business is all they have. Like this is what they're trying to do. The last thing they're worried about is the the approval that you need. Right. Um, which I get, you know, like you're focusing on what's important because if you don't have a business, you can't pay for the creative. Um, so having something like that, a system that's like super easy. Um, that's been a solve for you dealing with both sides of the world, like being able to deal with like clients that are focused on their business and then the clients yeah. that are like very about communication. Yeah. Cause they can go in and see everything immediately. Cause like Dropbox always seems to fail when you need it. Yeah, the most. Fucking Dropbox, man. <laughs> fucking worse. Yeah. Damn. So, so you said you have a partner. Mm-hmm. So when I have two partners, two partners, two. So what's your business? What's, what's the name of the company? The business is called platform creative house, platform, creative files, creative house, creative house. Got it. Yeah. Cool. And I never, I never really talk about it. Yeah. Um, just because, I haven't felt and we haven't felt that it was it was ready yet hmm. um, which is why that I've been basically doing the website for like a year and a half because it's like it's so hard to show the work because yeah. it's like if I show this like I don't want to just get work like this right so it's like I was supposed to launch the, the website on Friday and I restarted the whole thing on Friday morning <laughs> so it's like I think it's finally happening like this week like I think it's finally gonna happen yeah because um, I, I think it's right on the right track now but it's like it's it's super super difficult because I'm like I'm the one that's doing the creative, um, and then you know my my partners Daniel and Chris they're both uh, they're both business guys like they both have their own um, companies like this is all I have yeah um, so like I don't freelance or anything everything goes through this oh really yeah got it so like even though I'm only showing the shoe stuff like technically that's still 
agency stuff. Yeah. But just, you gotta be careful throwing the word agency around. Right. Because if you start saying agency like to a brand, then like, oh, we already have an AOR, so like, mm-hmm. we have we're not gonna we're not gonna we get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, I'm just Grant Tucker, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we can get around all of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I could go that way too. And it's just you know, it's just a matter of who you're paying. It's no big deal. So then, how does what do you guys service? Like, what would you say is like the idea or the idea behind the business? Is it I'm, like full production type shit? Um, I mean, it's basically it's. You know, it's, it could have been video production. It could have been photography. Like it could have been like, I don't like the word creative agency. Cause that just, it creative to me is too vague of a word mm-hmm. in 2019. It just, it describes way too many things. Cause, but every project's not going to be the same. Right. Like for the longest time we were trying to figure out if it was something like, if we could just do like package products, right? Like these preset things. And I was like, that wasn't fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something I wanted to do. Like I didn't try to, I, I didn't give up freelancing and all this to do like volume based work. Right. And I don't have the patience for volume based work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, we'll do what we have to do, but it makes it easier. It makes it easier to, to bring help in or access these larger products. If it's something that's bigger than me. Yeah. Um, cause I know when you, the episode you had Ari on, he was talking about, you know, he brings, he brings creatives in Lots. and, like you need to be able to do that. And if I'm doing something as Grant or as SC knows, like there's only so far that can go. Right. And I do like to have a lot of control over things. So it's kind of hard bringing help in sometimes, but most of the time it'll be just like a PA or something like that. Yeah. And a lot of it, like we're not getting a crazy, crazy volume of work. So like I can still handle it for the most part, but if there's something I don't know how to do, like I would much rather for the client's sake and for the money that they're spending, like I would like to bring somebody in. Yeah. And I feel like doing that as a freelancer is a little bit different than doing it under, you know, the guise of a, of a company. Yeah. We and do. I want the company yeah. to be bigger than me. Right. That's, we, we talk about, so I have like on Wednesdays, we have the interviews like this that I drop on Sundays. Wednesdays, we do the morning roast episodes. The morning roasts are like deep dive into specific topics or questions that I yeah. see people ask. And one of them we did was like something about uh, running as a one man band and like how that can defeat you in your process of growing, like you could consistently stay in that lane for so long because you're not going to allow other people to take part in like what you're doing because, Oh cool. This person gave me $5,000 to do this job or whatever. I want all $5,000. I don't want to spend 800 on this and 300 on this and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Cause it disappears really quick. So you're just like, you end up spending more time doing the project. You get to collect the bag. But the idea of allowing people to take part in that project freeing up the time that you would have spent doing something that they may even be better than you at. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just frees you up and gives you so much more time to go get another $5,000 job in that same amount of time that you would have spent doing like the coloring or some shit that you maybe not yeah. don't want to do, you know? And it's like, and it's a good way to learn about yourself too. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I, I realized that I don't want to, you know, the traveling is cool and everything, but like, I don't like to travel more than like a week. Yeah. Like how, how you did what you did. I, couldn't have been me <laughs> it was a plane every day it was like fuck. yeah it's like we had we had a three-hour flight from houston and i was just like i don't <laughs> like being on planes like this is horrible like and you know i was like i want to go to europe and i was like i gotta be on a plane for a long time to a go to long europe. time like i'm too big to just be sitting in a little seat so like unless i have enough money to go to the comfortable seats right like I don't, which I don't is see that it overseas is shit so expensive it's like yeah fuck. it's insane and know, it was like the you. longest one we did was was hawaii in november and it was from LA to Hawaii, right? Which was like six hours or something. And I yeah. was like, "That's miserable." Like, I never, <laughs> like, I want to go back to Hawaii so bad, but like, Jesus, it's so much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to be in the way. Like before I started flying out of the country, it was like 
you know, the longest trip was flying to LA to New York. I'm like, God yeah. damn, that's a trip. Like that's like six hours. But then flying to Iowa would be such a process because you have to connect in Denver and then you have to fly to yeah. Des Moines and then I have to drive two hours. And like, by the time the day was over, it was like a full fucking day. Yeah. And after I toured and did all the new shit that we've done, like the past couple of years, I'm like, like we went home for Christmas and I was, uh, telling my girl, I was like, Oh shit, this flight's only like, it's two hours. Each one's like only two hours. Yeah. Like, this is fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I might even go to sleep. Like <laughs> we just did one from Africa and that shit was like 32 hour travel day or something. Yeah, that's insane. That and was like, dumb. And like, I realized I was like, yeah, I could travel a lot and I could, you know, try and do stuff with clients like all over the place. But at the end of the day, like just like the emails that I'm getting while I'm gone and like a client that's needing something, if I'm getting pulled in a bunch of different directions and I'm traveling, yeah, like the work's not going to be the best right. it could be. So then the quality of work goes down and then, you know, the company goes down. So it's like, you have to be able to delegate things and you mm -hmm. have to, and this is like a very, very new thing for us because I was always like, all right, well, if somebody can't do something at the same level of what I'm doing or better then I it's not worth it. But if yeah, it's, you, you have some, but if you, even if you have somebody that can't do it as good as you do, not saying that I'm doing anything better than anybody else. Cause I'm doing so many different things. Right. Um, if it gives you somebody to work with and to build it with. So it's like, if you're doing, there's a lot of things that you don't see because you're so focused on what you're doing. Like you can't take a step back and look at the big picture of it. Right. And when you have somebody there and you can work through things, it makes it that much easier. Mm. So, you know, when I went to do the dispensary stuff in Boston, that was the first time that I had hired somebody to go with me. And just having him there dumping footage and stuff Dream. just made, made it so much easier for me. Mm -hmm. Like it cut set up time in half. Like while he was, you know, doing all the file naming and everything, like I could talk to the client and go over, go over stuff. So it was just like having that help, like made me realize that I can't do everything by myself and I shouldn't do everything by myself. Right. And it's, it's a hard thing to start because it's so hard to find reliable people mm. that you can afford. Yeah. Especially in Houston. So it's like the budgets are very small Yeah, because there's a, you know, a lot of people think they can do it themselves. So the budgets aren't really there and the creatives knowing that there's not that many of them, they're going to charge a lot more. Right. So it's like, I, I kind of play devil's advocate. If I look at things from like the creative side and then I look at things from like, and I don't want to say the agency side because it's like we're not doing anything huge, but like an agency perspective of like, okay, well, I can't afford to pay what you're asking. Right. Like it's not, or not that we can't afford it. It's that what the client is giving us, there's no, there'd be no reason for us to do this mm. if we're paying that much. And it's hard to find people that fit within those budgets and that are willing to put aside what they're doing. Right. Because it's like, I'm never going to tell anybody to not do what they're doing. Right. Like I'm never going to hold anybody back. And I never want to be in the position where that might be you know, something where I'm holding somebody back. So it's like, you know, it's hard finding people that are, that are good enough, but not so good that they're just like too on their own path yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, too expensive. And like, I'm not going to argue with your, your money. Like I get it. Like get your money. Yeah. If you think that that's what you're worth, like I totally respect that. Right. It doesn't mean I'm going to hire you though. Right. And I would expect the same thing for me. Like if we go to a, a client i'm like okay well this is going to be ten thousand dollars right and they're like well we want to spend like three and i'm like sorry i can't do it yeah it's like the hardest thing to walk yeah. away from because you're used to just being like hey fuck it i'll just do it for 3k yeah because the other thing they were talking about was like you have to say you know you have to say yes and so you can say no mm -hmm. and all those yeses are hard they're fucking hard man <laughs> they're they're so difficult it's like we're doing like you know a lot of uh a lot of websites i don't want to do yeah or um and not anymore, because like a lot of the stuff that we're, and this is just in the beginning, but in the 
like the stuff we're doing now, it's like there's more of a concept behind things. Like there's more that we can do with it. It's not just like a package thing. Right. Right. And then once it moved to not being like a package thing is when I started enjoying it and like mm. really caring about everything. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's tough because it's like I think that everyone faces that problem where you're just trying to get your hands on as much shit as possible. Yeah. And you're willing to break through the door. I was just talking to Nico, so he's like our intern he has the podcast and he was talking about touring and like what's the ideal what rate should i ask for for like a week rate and then i'm like yeah it's always fucking hard because there's never money in music yeah <laughs> like never. they never want to spend any bread yeah. on that shit so you're never going to make anything that you're like feel respected but at the same time you can try to value yourself and figure out like ballpark of like what that artist might make doing the same amount of time that yeah. you're going to do all this shit just to like kind of figure out your rate or what it what is okay to ask for because it's yeah. okay to ask for it but then you also have to is it worth it to take this l to work with this person because yeah. this person's going to open up five more jobs for me blah, blah 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 and people have to face that shit it's tough but that's just how this industry is every time yeah i mean like i had a i had an offer to do it wasn't really like an offer it was just like you know, my friend was managing an artist and he hit me up and he's like, hey, you're trying to go on tour with us. And that was a week after me and my girlfriend had moved in together. And I'm like, I can't go on like a four month tour. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to come back and not have an apartment. Like yeah. it's not going to work out. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything with that. Cause you know, that was something that was really important to me. And like, I, I put my personal life before work. Right. Um, which I feel like you should always do. Yeah. And you know, looking back sometimes, like I kind of regret that I didn't do it just to see what the experience was like. But at the end of the day, like I'm happier than I've ever been. Mm. And the work that I'm doing now, like I'm, even though I talk down on my work a lot, it's more of a kind of like psych myself out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know that I'm progressing more than I would have if I would have done that. Right. And the guy that's doing the, and the guy that is doing the stuff now is, uh, he's doing it way better than I would. Right. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, like I want what's best for everybody. Right. Like if I'm not the best for what you need, then I'm not the one that should be working for you or mm. working with you. Yeah. Cause I don't want to, I don't want it to be like something where, you know, you feel like I ripped you off or something like that. Right. Like I never want to be one of those people that got successful just by doing whatever I had to do. Yeah. Cause it's not that important to me. I feel you. At the end of the day, like if I'm living comfortable, like my family's good and everything else is fine. Like, whatever, yeah, it's fine. Out here, I feel like, I, like it was funny because that's a similar scenario that I was put in for Q's tour. Because mm -hmm. when I did Q's tour, it was like pretty much the same shit. My girl finally moved. I had moved to LA and lived here for like a year, almost a year and a half before she moved out here. And on floors and shit. And then finally I got, started working with bigger brands and like people yeah. and started making money and shit. Got a spot. Moved her out. Drove from Iowa to here. And then like two or three weeks later, it was the same thing where they asked me to go on Q's tour and it was also leaving like the next week. Yeah. I was like, fuck. And we had like this big conversation about like, what do we do? And she actually like went back home because we had to go home for a wedding and went home. She did the, we did the wedding. I flew to the tour. She stayed back in Iowa and lived with her family for like those four months. We had a spot out here that we were paying for that no one was at. Yeah. And it was like the worst shit ever because it was like, fuck. Yeah. Like I've been working to get this offer and it's never happened. And then finally it happens like at the worst fucking time ever. Yeah. Like and it wasn't even like the thought of doing it never crossed my mind. Like it would, it would have been cool, but like even on the same call I'm like now. Yeah. Like it's just, I know that I'm finally, I'm finally starting to do something for myself. And it was right when we had started doing the, the agency stuff. Mm. So it was like, I'm finally like, like I'm not, I don't have a job anymore. Yeah. So it's like, this is, this is great. Like I'm finally doing what I want to do. And 
you know, I'm, I'm happy I did it. That's dope. So it's like, I'm, I'm here right now. So right. it's obviously something's yeah, it's working. working out, right? Yeah, it's working, man. And, you know, that artist is is getting very, very big right now. Who? I'm, I'm not going to say Post Malone. <laughs> no, it's not Post Malone at all. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. Boy, right? Yeah, right. That's Dallas, though. We don't really do yeah, anything right. with Dallas and Houston. Damn. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Why it's, don't you want to say who it is? Is it weird? Not that it's weird. It's just that, like, I feel like that's like a like an unnecessary name drop thing. So it's like, I'd rather, but like, I mean, that's also like you being appreciative. You work with fucking big, and I don't want to take anything away from the guy who's doing all this stuff now, but you already just told yeah. him that he's dope. <laughs> you said he's dope at what he's doing, right? But it was, uh, it was JID. Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. So Hi. my friend, um, Zeke and Barry is manager and, uh, Christos is DJ. Nice. Um, so Mike is doing a lot of stuff for them now and he's killing it. Yeah. Like, he's sick. amazing. And he's doing it way better than I would have crazy but it was just like you know that initial conversation i was like yeah i can't do it right so it's you know he's yeah. like well i offered it to you so you're good that's <laughs> what it is no so, i feel yeah. that yeah it's always weird you always have to pick and choose your battles like that one made sense for me because i knew that that was going to change everything drastically for me maybe not yeah. make great money or whatever it was to do the tour but to open up the doors and then like the next time the next tour came which was kendrick's tour yeah it was like the same thing where i was like fuck do i have to do this do i do it again all right cool it might work and then as soon as the money wasn't there i was like yo you know what fuck it i'm out on this like i'm not gonna do yeah like i can't do this tour and that's when i started this whole shit so it like is cool to you know when you do pick your battles like good things come out of it like you guys are probably much more better because you stayed home and yeah. kept you know what i mean it is what it is yeah um and then your your brand grows for what what you want it to be so when you started shooting for um when you started shooting like i guess you, you say that you work with a lot of local brands when you started shooting for more national known brands What's the transition for you there? Like, how did you go about getting that job? I mean, it, I, I don't think it's really a transition because it's still like national wise. I've only still worked with a few. Right. And it's usually like a lot of people don't understand that a lot of brand jobs that freelancers get aren't directly with a brand. Like it's very rare that like a freelancer is getting a check directly from that brand. Hmm. Like a lot of times it'll go through like an agency yeah. or it'll be like, you know, you're getting hired to shoot a recap through the experiential agency that's going out to like the full service ad agency. That's like, you know, they're adding margins on top of margins on top of margins. So it's Is like, that how you usually get approached sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so the only stuff that I've done like solo, um, would be finish line. Somebody recommended me on Twitter. Um, and Brandon from finish line, he hit me up and he was like, you want to shoot shoes? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And then, uh, Fila was, um, Sean, who used to work at the source like forever ago. Mm. So I would send every single one of my concert recaps to the source and be like, Hey, post my stuff. And they would post it every now and then. Right. Um, but we had kept in contact for the whole time and he was the marketing manager or over digital or something for Fila. And we did like a six shoe project. Mm. Um, and then the most recent one was I did six shoes for Under Armour for, um, but it was through nice kicks. Like nice kicks was doing like a branded content thing with Under Armour for right. the Curry five. Um, so I shot six of the Curry fives. Tight. So it's like, even though it is with the brand, like it's still, it's disconnected. Yeah. Right. So I it's think. like, there's never been like a transition because like, I'm still doing the bulk of what I'm doing is still local stuff that like, I don't really show unless it's, you know, in that context. Yeah. And then like, I'm showing the shoe stuff because that's what people seem to respond to. Right. 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 Um, hmm. but there's never been like a full transition. It's always like in and out, like whatever, whatever happens with it. Yeah. Could you see yourself, um, 
like Ari, Ari set himself up to be in a position where, and I know a lot of people are starting to do this at this point, where his demand's so high and he can't do everything and be everywhere. But now he's starting to send out certain creators to like cover projects for him, and he oversees creative from like a bird's eye point of view basically do you see yourself ever like putting people in positions like that because i'm sure like yeah. you could go do a project in like fucking europe or whatever for some shoes that might be sick but you're like yo i don't really fucking want to fly there yeah. would you do you feel like that's where you guys are heading as a company that you guys could start finding young creators that are i mean it's i mean it's still something like we're trying to bring people in mm-hmm. and it's i'm i don't like to look that far ahead like yes i do think it could be that way down the line yeah um volume wise right now nowhere close mm. Um, so it's not like, like I'm not, regardless of what some people like may think of the stuff that I'm showing, like I'm not like super, super in demand. Yeah. It's like, I'm the work that I'm doing is like consistent and I'm keeping it at that level. So things don't get out of hand. Right. Um, which is, you know, why the website hadn't been like a huge, huge priority, but it's like now time is freeing up. So like, it's like, okay, let's bring these projects in. Right. Totally. It's like, I just did some stuff with, um, clean canteen, which is like the water bottle company. Yeah. 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 Saw um, that. So we're doing some really cool stuff. And, uh, are they local? No, no. So they're actually way bigger than I thought they were. Really? Yeah. So they were the ones that like invented the metal, like the whole metal water bottle thing. The like fuck? that was them. Um, and apparently like hydro flask was like their biggest competitor and they got like a huge amount of money and a whole bunch of investment and stuff. And they just blew up. Damn. But like they're in, like, and I asked them how many stores he was in. It's like, honestly, I don't even, I don't every, even know how many like, stores. So many stores. That's <laughs> fucking like, crazy. In, like every whole foods, like target, like all those. So it's like REI, like it's a big, big company. Damn. And I'm, I'm really excited about that project. Yes. It's not, it's not shoes. So, so how did, I can do. Yeah, how did, how did that come about? He hit me up on Instagram. They just found you. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. So it's like a, most of the, like, inst- like, I don't know where my work would be right now without Instagram. So it's like, I'm never going to say anything bad about it because at the end of the day, like I got to go, we got, me and my girlfriend got to go to Hawaii for free it's fucking dope. because of a girl that I met on Instagram and I was like helping her with her, you know, photos and stuff like that. And like giving her tips on, like strategy and she got you know she's super in demand right now and like model, modeling or creative like uh, she's creating i mean she's just she just posts stuff and she does really good and she like uses her platform to like highlight causes and things like that yeah um but i mean she gets a massive amount of stuff from from brands so what you, so she's like in i guess you would call her an influencer did you go to hawaii for a job or is that just like no, yo, she she's was just, just like, like thanking you no she was just like hey we're getting married can you come shoot my wedding and i was like i don't shoot weddings and i was like um. Uh, you know, I I don't shoot weddings at all, and she's like, I get that, but like, <laughs> please, you know, I mean, you know, and her husband's um, his name's Franco, and they're like, yeah, we're getting married, and we both like really, really love your stuff. So like, if we pay for you guys to come out, like, would you do it? And I was like, yeah, like I'm not gonna charge you or anything. Like you're paying for the trip. Damn. So we got you know we got to go to Hawaii for free, and that yeah. was amazing, and that was because of Instagram, right? Like all the work, Instagram. It's crazy. So it's like you know the, a lot of the people that I'm meeting with while I'm here is all through Instagram. Yep. So it's like the website and stuff hasn't had to be necessary. And once, you know, once you have like the traditional things that you need to have, like your website and your, your SEO and you're showing things off and you have your case studies and you have all that, then it, it's more of like a, a sales-based business. It's right. more like rigid at that yeah. point. And thankfully, you know, the company is technically about to be two years old. Hmm. Um, but it's never really been something where like we've had to do something. Yeah. Like the first gig that we got to do was with um, New Era Cap um, for the Super Bowl in Houston. And then they liked the work that we did then. And it was just like, it was like 13 videos or something from four activations. Right. Um, so we did all those. And then I got to go to Dallas for the draft um, last April 
the NFL draft and we shot some more stuff for him. So that was really cool. Right. But it's never been something like there's always, there's enough money there. Yeah. So it's fine. Like it's, you don't have to stress about things and you know, you could be in like super business mindset, like, you know, I'm going to scale this up. Like I'm going to go crazy. Like I'm going to do all this. And that's when I say like, I'm a lazy creative because like, I want those things, but I want to make sure that it's, that it's at a pace that I'm okay with. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, I know that if I try to do something too fast, it can spin out of control and like it could cause a lot more damage. Yeah. I and I don't it. think that's going to happen, but right. I'd rather not take a chance. Yeah, take a nice to. pace and like ease into everything. Like that's yeah. definitely the smartest way to do it. The, um, damn, that's fucking dope, man. You've been kind of crushing it, huh? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> this, that's tight. I feel like it would be difficult for me. It was always difficult being from Iowa there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot that I can do there. Like you said, everything, I mean, it was like very minimal. There was no budgets really. Like yeah. no one was spending money on content like that at the time. So it was very stressful for me being there and I knew I needed to do something to get out. But for you being from Houston or like living in Houston and yeah. creating your model there, I feel like it's such a big and growing, like we got to, it was cool. Cause we got to go do, um, when we were there, there's a Houston artist named Ingrid. Have you heard of her? She's signed to Beyonce's label. Um, but I don't know if they put anything out yet or how long she's been signed. But anyway, they had like, we linked up with her and she like gave us a whole tour of like third ward and like all this shit in Houston, like drove us all over the place. And it was dope being there, but I'm like, this place is so fucking massive. Like, yeah, it's huge. So it's like, if we were doing like oil and gas stuff, like I would just make so much money. Cause it's just, most of the agencies there are oil and gas specific cause really? oil and gas runs the city. Like seeing y'all's gas prices out here is just wild to me. Like I would, I couldn't do it. Like gas prices alone, I just couldn't do it. That's crazy. Like if I got to pay more than like a dollar eighty five, like I'm mad. Yeah, I and feel you. there's no way you're getting that in California <laughs> ever, ever. So it's like you know, like our sales tax is super, super low. Yeah, like by my apartment, it's like six percent or something. That's crazy. And then um, you know, gas is super cheap. Like the apartment that I have in Houston would be so far out of what I could possibly afford in LA. Yep. So it's like it's it's crazy. And like I always think about that. I'm like, if I was in LA or New York. I know more people in those places than I know in Houston and it's the work that I want to do, but is like at what cost? Like if it's comes with a lot of costs. Yeah. And like, if it's, if it's, if the sacrifice is me working nonstop just to try to make the living that I want to make when I already have that living that I want to make and I'm happy right. like, to me that that's not a good trade. Hmm. Now I'm not saying that that's the same for everybody. Cause right. like, there's people that are, you know, they're working 60 to 80 hours a week and like, they're killing it. Like they're crushing it. That's just not something that I would want to do because I know that in, I know that with creative, with creative fields in particular, like if you're overworking yourself just constantly and you're just like putting yourself in like these bad positions mentally, like I'm not trying to have like a stress heart attack at 30. Like I'm just not going to do it. And like, and it's more common than people think. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I've got in, in modes where like I'm so stressed out and I'm like borderline depressed about things and like I can't function like I can't be creative like I can't work for like days and days at a time right and you know that's my personal problem but it's like I don't want to put myself in a position where that could be like a common thing yeah because it's just it's not worth it at the end of the day like you're just doing stuff like if you're just doing this to the you're point just, where like you're not <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah like, you're just like you're not doing anything special you're just doing stuff like yeah. that's all it is right and you know it, it's kind of meta to be like no no this stuff matters but like it really doesn't so it's like you worry about the things that are important to you and like align your lifestyle with what fits that right 
So it's like if I tell myself that I want to be creative and I want to have this company and I want it to be huge and, you know, be this big machine, like that's cool. Like if I want to put my mind towards that, I can do it. But it's just not a, a choice that I feel like I need to make right now. Yeah, it's got to be something desirable. Like if you're not yeah. doing, like you said before, if you're doing it for anything else besides yourself, like it's not going to be a win for you. Like exactly. You're just gonna, yeah, for sure. Um, damn, I feel like we covered a lot, bro. <laughs> I want to um, leave time to ask. I let the community ask questions. I posted recent so i don't know if it's got a lot of traction but uh, people on patreon you people patreon? were hitting me up about it i was like how did y'all even know that i was doing this? Uh, i know i posted a couple stuff like dude i we're getting more organized but it's still hard to like run a fucking podcast yeah. on top of like having a real life and yeah. doing jobs and like shit. i want to do it and i was like i'll have one episode like every six months there's yeah. no way i'm gonna be consistent uh, greg has one too and i know like i yeah. listened to his like five episodes maybe i'm like damn yeah. like and they were fun they were like fun little conversations he was having i didn't even know the dudes he was talking to but i was like yo this is pretty dope i don't know what this is and then it just like died it was like the same time we started our shit yeah i was like fuck Craig's gonna kill me. And then he came out with it and I was like, okay. But like consistency is like key obviously in this shit and everything, but like is touring and trying to do a podcast. Like me and Dave would be like in Cologne or something, like just went outside and record a podcast and then the goal is like, all right, cool, let's do one next week and then three weeks pass by and it's like, fuck, like <laughs> dude, there's no time to do it. And that's yeah. the same thing with you talking about traveling, like touring is your life is frozen. I mean, what is your what is it? Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some questions now. What, <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> what is like? What is your delivery schedule like when you're when you're doing something like that? Tour? Yeah. Like, are you getting like a, a shot list of like what you have to get from like a producer mm, or something, or like you no. handling all that yourself? Yeah. So I was like leading the video shit, and then we okay. have like two bosses that would oversee the content in general. So like mm-hmm. they may have ideas for like they may be like, oh, today we want to do a recap on this or do this. But that was like few and far. Once we kind of built a style for the tour, it would mm-hmm. became that like on repeat, like every night. Every single night we had a show, we would be creating content, photo and video. We would both like go back and hammer out content afterwards mm-hmm. and we would be delivering like the gifts, yeah. the cinematic gifts or whatever. And everything would go to Beyonce.com. Mm-hmm. So every night we had to make sure we were providing that shit. So say maybe one day there's something special that's happening like, oh shit, this is going to happen. Um, we need to capture the city or we need to go do this. There may be like some stuff like that where we're yeah. just like, you know, go capture something here. But so how, was that, it, how big was the team for something like that? Was it just you and Dave? It was me and Dave. Um, and Dave got brought on as my assistant for Coachella. So mm-hmm. he was like technically an assistant, but then we just opened it up and me and him were like shooting everything together. Yeah. And then... So there, we're editing everything too. Yeah, we'd edit. Well, we'd edit, but we also had editors that were with us doing... Like content was always changing. Like on the tour, like content would change. Um, there would be pieces that we'd try to make. Some stuff would just be for internal shit. Like it would just be like a bunch of random stuff. But then we had like another two, Ari and Julian. They were like shooting everything on like old film cameras. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happening with that shit, but they were filming everything. Like it was crazy. And they have the coolest, like they have like a stash of dope old cameras that they were just, that was it. And, uh, and then we, in Paris, we had like two other people that were with us that were shooting like kind of like docu style yeah whatever um sometimes i'm filming shit so it was like a bunch of us but digital wise it was me and dave and like our job mainly was to create like moments that we would share and then then we started doing like recappy shit towards the end of the tour and we also would like i would make like videos um with shaquana too she like we would do like uh her nonprofit basically gave a hundred grand to a boys and girls club member mm-hmm. every show for like the last 10 shows oh, wow. or something like that. It was like a million dollars or maybe like 1.1 over the course of like a few shows. So every night Khaled would 
like read it out and these kids would all be at the show because they got to go for free but they didn't mm-hmm. know they were winning this yeah so like we would find the kid and it was like it was like doing some fucking private eye shit because we have to like find the kid in the in sixty thousand people and you still have to worry about and your... kid content yeah okay but this would happen during college set so it was kind of easier because i could like do that shit and at that point b and j might be in the dressing rooms or something so there's nothing really to film so i'd be out there yeah. capturing that and so we'd find like the kid and find a way to shoot the reaction and you'd see this kid like get a hundred grand to go to college and it was and most of them usually have like crazy sad stories where it's like first to do it in their family this yeah. and this and that blah, blah 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 and so we'd make like little recaps for that shit and so there'd be like random stuff but yeah it was kind of it was it was pretty intense though so it's like when you're when you're doing something when you're doing something like that and you have like all those deliverables that you're doing and you're sending it every day and like you're you're saying because it sounds like you had like a routine that you were doing right yeah eventually so it's like i know that someone i'm gonna i'm gonna ask my own question because this is a good one you're shooting the same thing over and over like you know exactly what's gonna happen every time so like how are you making that look different yeah that would be tough because that's like like a that's a hard thing that like i know a lot of people struggle with yeah and that's something that i worked through with shoes right so it's like with people it's even harder and if you're shooting the same people over and over and over again it's like how do you prevent yourself from getting burnt out on that dude it was hard sometimes we'd be and then the the worst is like after deep into the tour you do like chicago back to back Mm -hmm. two shows new york back to back houston two shows back to back so it's like fuck the venue doesn't change yeah you know what i mean it's like you go hard for the first night and the second night is kind of like your lazier night but like we would always kind of just I don't know. I, I feel like we'd either find tools or we'd find new tricks or we'd try to just come up with new ideas like towards the end of tour. And it helped that we had like a fucking huge band and grip of dancers. Yeah. So like <laughs> there was always something to shoot. Like Dave got so obsessed with these dudes, the bone breakers and he would like shoot mini music videos and it'd be so funny. Cause I like look over and he'd be on one of the runways and these guys are all sitting out in the corner of the runway and they're doing all these, they're breaking their bones and doing all this crazy <laughs> shit. And Dave's in there shooting like a fucking music video. With this shit. And sometimes he like try to show up the gifts and like they, one wouldn't get approved. The one shot that he wants wouldn't get approved. So he tried to shoot it better the next night and the better the next night. And like, he just focused on that one thing. Cause he's like, this is going to be the shit and then finally it like happened for him and he got See, like that's one. what i'm saying you're doing it for you yeah you like, want to create it yeah that was it so like it was fun because anytime she'd come out with the new outfit jay never really changed he always wore the same clothes basically yeah but b would every once in a while come out like boom a new dress would come out and like we knew that's like high priority because the fans yeah. were crazy for that shit every time whatever designer whoever so we would just go and i would like go crazy i remember she came out in this one design it was like I don't even know the name of the company. Viva lives. I, I don't know, but they're fucking big. And it's this like silver dress and it flowed like mad long and shit. Yeah. And she came out and when she came out, I was like, Oh fuck. Cause I don't think she had changed an outfit in a while, but she came out with that one. And this, like the Cape was like 20 feet long. Yeah. I saw this. It was, it was nuts. nuts. Yeah. And I was just like, went for, I was like, Oh shit. Cause we also would like have issues where we'd be in the way of the show cameras. Yeah. So when I'm running through doing a pass with like a Ronin or whatever, yeah. like you see me and it's like the, yeah. <laughs> the debate of like how many times should I go or should I be up yeah. there that long? And sometimes I would just send it and like go out there and just not give a fuck. When she came out with that dress, I was like, don't care. Like it's happening. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was like the first time I ever went on our bridge that moved. Like I went up the stairs when it got to the end and like went up there with her and Jay, like no one's, no one did that on the tour. Like, yeah. and I was just like, fuck it. And like yeah. went up there and her dress like came around me and I started getting so paranoid that it was going to get stuck. Cause oh, it was dude, like swooping done. around me. And I was like, Oh my God, I should have never came up here. Yo. But the <laughs> 
shots were so crazy. It was like yeah. so worth it. But that's like the shit. Like you're always challenging yourself to find like new ways to shoot the show. And it's the stadiums are big, but everything can look the same. So I would like, do I go all the way up to the top and try to do something? Uh, yeah, no one else is really going up there. I'll go do that. Yeah, see, I'm terrified of heights. So like I would have been like, okay, how can I shoot a hundred different ways from like Down below here. the stage? Yeah, it, you, there's no way that I'm getting on that catwalk. It's the Sorry. catwalk's not that bad. The catwalk's like nah, man, five feet. Like, I'm talking about the catwalk, like, above the stadium. Oh, I like, thought you were talking about, like, sorry, we call our runways catwalks. I don't oh, yeah, know those, I those are fine. Yeah, I was like, what? But, Fuck. like, anything taller than, like, six, seven feet, like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, I get sketchy. Like, we have, a like, our a cabinets in our apartment, like, they're really, really high. Like, excessively high. So, like, she can't reach anything because she's, you know, not a giant, but... Like, I'll have to, like, use a stool sometimes. I'm like, I'm too big to be on this, like, tiny <laughs> stool. Like, this is terrifying. You gotta go to, like, Home Depot and get a little step ladder. Yeah, I just, I don't like ladders at all. Like, yeah. if a ladder's involved, like, I'm probably not gonna do it. <laughs> like, I'm the most, like, aggressively adverse person yeah. to, like, anything with heights. Like, That's I won't crazy. Do it. But, like, I can't fly on a plane unless, like, I'm in the window seat. Because, like, I need to see everything. It's, like, the weirdest Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. No, that makes sense. Like, to feel sort of in control or to at least see, like, okay, the plane's going down. I can tell now. Yeah, like, whereas if you're in there and the dickhead doesn't open the window and you feel, like, crazy shit happening, you're like, yo, like, <laughs> wake up, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need exactly. to see. And it's, like, the when we went to um, we went to Chicago, like, two summers ago and paid, like, the $30 or whatever to go up on the, the sky deck at yeah. Sears Tower. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Didn't do it? I was like, I paid for the ticket. I'm like, nope. I looked down and there's a picture of me and like my eyes are just huge. I'm like, there's no way. And like, like my girlfriend's out there and she's like hitting a squat and everything. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, how are you so okay with this? Like, like you're making me nervous. And like, I'm not even, I'm not even doing it. Like I'm like shaking, trying to take pictures of her. I was like, I can't. I feel like in those scenarios, I always just think like, like when the plane starts fucking going crazy, and I'm like, oh, fuck, we're going to die. I always think that, but then I'm like, nah, because the dude driving wouldn't have drove <laughs> up here if he knew it was going to be bad yeah. or, or something. Or the plane would have drastically changed the route because he knows he needs to do it to save his own life versus yeah. like... like, the, like sc- the scariest thing I've ever had to deal with on a plane is when I landed in Boston, the second trip that we went, right. the, pa- the plane slid. Like, and it's, like, it slid probably like... 12 to 15 feet sideways damn and i lost it. that's how i was feel like so nope. weird like i was just sitting there and i was just frozen like i've never been in a plane and it starts drifting were people like, yelling and shit yeah like everybody was freaking out and i was like i'm trying <laughs> oh, to like fuck. i'm just like sitting there and I'm like uh like, this good. is it shoot the nugs when we get out we're gonna call them and then it was like before they were recreational so like i couldn't even touch anything right I was like, wow fuck that yeah, was a fun trip that's terrifying touch what i was shooting that when we flew to africa we i like woke up or I think I'd just taken a bunch of Zequil to fall asleep because it was yeah. like a 14 hour flight or something. And I like look at the map. We're like way over the ocean. And then I, he's like, Hey guys, it's going to be bad for a little while. And it oh, got great. really fucking bad. And it was like, they didn't serve dinner because of it. Mm-hmm. And my whole plan was like, take Zequil, eat my dinner, fall asleep. Yeah. And that's what I always do. And then I took the Zequil, they paused dinner. So I'm like, fuck, I gotta stay awake for a little while. <laughs> and then I'm like trying to fight it. And then all of a sudden it starts getting terrifying and i like got on the internet and was like texting lauren like love you playing. this is scary as fuck i'm about to be on lost too. i really thought so i was like this is crazy and like my friends that were like dancers and shit were in the back like fuck yeah they're like screaming like let's go like no everyone's like yo shut up but they're just like three dudes trying to feel like very masculine about this shit. Nah. i'm like we're gonna die yo like i'm yeah. trying to tell my family everyone like, yeah like i'm good yeah, yeah. that was can't, terrible can't do i can't do heights at all yeah <laughs> no it was fun okay let me ask you questions back, yeah, back to the shit all right patreon um Justin says, what is his go-to everyday shoe? 
Are you were you a shoe junkie before you got into shoes? I was, and then I stopped buying them because you did like the whole merch shit. So I feel like yeah. You were so in the like at that, that time, like I was, I wasn't, and I wasn't buying anything crazy. Like I'd buy, I think I like at most I had like twenty or twenty five pairs, but like nothing was crazy. Right. Because I stopped caring when I couldn't get the shoes that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like it's still now. Like I don't really buy shoes. Yeah. Because it's like I'm gonna shoot in them and I'm gonna destroy them. Right. So it's like I you know for the most part like my favorite shoe is still like a canvas vans old school right like it's still my favorite shoe hands down um and i've been trying to do stuff with vans like nonstop. so hopefully that happens but the uh like for just every day it would probably be that shoe and then like otherwise like gym stuff it would be um my ultra boost that's it it's just a shit about shoes. shoes yeah like i don't but it's like i don't care as much as people like Think, think that i would yeah right because like i don't care about the shoes right. at the end of the day like yeah. i care about doing stuff that's like creative right <laughs> are these are these out of style no i mean those are i've shot those like 10 times really yeah i bought the amount them, of like, times that ago. i've shot them like yeah they're, they're good okay tight because i bought like a black <laughs> pair the year yeah. ago and then i was like i need a new pair of shoes i'm like damn i like the color that shit's tight but i'm like are these old as fuck now or, or yeah, whatever I've done, cra- I've done some crazy stuff with those word yeah that's tight those are one of my favorite ones like i can't wear them because they're super uncomfortable for me but really yeah i don't know why for set and shit or like being on my feet all day long these things like work i don't yeah, know like those in vapor max like i can't hmm. just like destroys my feet i don't Damn. know what it is um so adam said adam sanzak he says hey grant's a wizard and then lightning <laughs> bolts and i was like told him to ask you a question and he said if he hasn't already shared during the interview first when did he first meet bun b second top three restaurants in h-town that's a hard one so first meeting bun b was like 2010 or 20 was that a show no the first time i met him was like at a clothing store oh really and like i nervously asked him for a picture and like my friend i had like the lg nv phone that like he flipped open Hilarious. so it had like a half megapixel camera right, or something right. stupid and this idiot he didn't even take a picture like he took a video so i had to like try like i took a picture of like a one megapixel picture on my phone and like oh, that was God. that was the first time i met bun and he he still remembers that that's tight like the last time i saw him i brought it up i was like you know that was like 10 years ago and it was like both of us were like because i was i was getting pretty big then so like i was almost like 300 pounds in so it's like and he was he was a lot bigger so like we just like two completely different people now damn you were around 300 pounds yeah it was like two Fuck. 280 or 290 at my heaviest when did you lose your weight uh over the last couple of years yeah but like a lot since like the first podcast i was on i was like wow i look horrible so i just started like dieting like that's crazy, crazy. <laughs> damn I'm trying to get back in. Every time I do a tour, I come home and then immediately get, oh, I'm going to get into the fucking, I'm going to get that shit. I want to get yeah. to the gym. But then like 50 jobs happen. I'm just like on my computer all the time, just like <laughs> weighing more and more. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I've, just I've lost like 60 or 70 pounds in total. That's impressive. Which is hard because food in Houston is so crazy. Dude, the food in Houston. It's is unreal. Fucking fire. So I would say, I would say my number one restaurant um, is called Mala. Mala? It's this, yeah. It's called this. It's a Szechuan place. It's just amazing. I'm trying to remember the one I went to. It was so fucking good. Yo, it was Where was chicken. it? Chicken. Frenchies. <laughs> I had it. It took you to Frenchies? Yeah. The one on Scott Street in Third Ward by, by yeah. U of H? Yeah. yeah. That's the original one. Fucking clutch. You it don't was, like it? It's good. That one's good. That one? All the other ones are just like super, super salty. Why is it like chained out now? Yeah. It's like a franchise. Okay. But that's like the first one. Yeah. Um, and I thought they closed it because they're like doing a bunch of construction over there because like the school is just imminent domaining like everything. That shit was just like a shack. Yeah. It's like, it's got the thing that you walk out front and it's like the plexiglass box. Yeah. Then, yeah. And it was so hot too. Like dog working in that kitchen would be the worst thing. Yeah, like Texas heat is different. Fucked up. Like August, like I had, I passed out on a shoot in August. 
Damn. Because like I had forgot to like drink because I was just so focused. Yeah. And we were on a, a Ferris wheel and as I just talked about, I'm terrified of heights. Right. So like we're in the one downtown and it's like went way faster than I was expecting. And I just like, <laughs> I just like, I don't know if I just started like panicking or something, but like my vision got all blurry and like I like fell over oh, and I was shit. like, it was horrible. Damn. Cause like, and that's another reason like I was able to lose so much weight. Cause it's like, I can't, like I wear all black every single day because I'm going to sweat through like everything. Yep. And like in August, like you're talking about like 110 with like 70% humidity. Brutal. You just want to peel your skin off. Like it's terrible. Brutal. <laughs> Fucking brutal. But I say like mala. Um, and then second would be. Damn, it's hard. Second would probably be um, the steakhouse called. Uh, I can't. I remember the name of the steakhouse. We went there for our anniversary. And I can't remember the name. Vic and Anthony's. That's what it is. Um, Vic and Anthony's? Yeah, Vic cool. and Anthony's. I think there's like two or three of them, but the guy that owns the Rockets owns them. Oh, dope. Um, and then the third one, the third one's probably this poke place next to my apartment. Dude, I love it. Yeah. I and fucking like, love it. And, te- and like Houston poke is like, since we have like a, we have a really, really big like Vietnamese community. Hmm. So there's a lot of Vietnamese food like everywhere in Houston. And I, I swear it, gives us like the best poke ever damn because like i went to hawaii and i hated it yeah i was like i know this is how it's supposed to be and this is authentic but like i don't want this right like this is just like fish and rice and it's like really fresh and it's yeah. nice and everything but it's like you go to like a place in houston and it's like i have like a sauce that like melts your face yeah and i'll just always eat things that are just i don't know why i do it to myself but like spicy I'll, as fuck yeah like it has to be i don't really eat food unless it's like really really spicy damn so it's like my bowl looks like it's like this nuclear <laughs> bowl of fish it's like every single time but yeah. it's called a uh, local poke and it's fire it's nice. so good um fuck i feel like we covered it yeah i think we're good <laughs> yeah is there anything else no that, that covers pretty much everything what's your biggest goal for this year <sighs> biggest goal for this year is probably to to be able to to hire some people like i want to i want to have a team by right. the end of the year um, just to take on, just to help take on bigger projects that I know that I can't do myself. Yeah. And so I think the, the, probably the biggest goal is being able to, to, you know, change enough to be able to let things go. Right. Well, I'm sure we got like, I know, I know for sure there's like Houston BWNC members, but maybe if you ever need an intern or something, let me know. I can post it on the shit. See yeah, if for sure. Get some people to pull through. You never know. Cool, dude. Well, fuck. I appreciate it. Um, if people listen this far, I always let you pick a hashtag and then I tell them to go to your last, whatever your most recent post in your feed is at this point in time and put the hashtag and tag me in it so we both know that they listened to the whole fucking hour and 35 minutes. Jesus. Yeah, we talked. That's a long one. No. Sorry I've about that. I've done one for three hours, bro. But Justin O.D. show. That yeah, shit was... That guy's crazy. He's... Yeah, we talked a lot. That was my first <laughs> podcast, so I was, like, super nervous and just yeah. had, like, all these notes and shit. And, like... Yeah. The next thing I know, we were talking about his job at, like, a fucking fitness center, do, like, cleaning towels for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that has nothing to do with the YouTube channel. I mean, or, it happens, man. Yeah. It happens. But anyway, yeah. Anything you want. Hashtag, just so we know. Uh, we'll just do hashtag, uh... It shouldn't be cold in LA. There we go. That's it. <laughs> All right, tight, dude. There you go. I uh, appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming through. Sir. Sure. <sighs> that was good.
Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. That's it for episode 65 with Grant Tucker. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Grant on Instagram at SCNose so you can start fucking with what he's doing. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you fucking do that shit at so creators know that this podcast can help them. Any feedback is appreciated. Again, if you love this podcast and the private community, pop over to our merch store and grab some gear. We really appreciate it. Shop BWNC.com. And if you want discount codes, we give out codes to our Patreon supporters along with many other exclusive offers. Patreon.com slash Black Window Cream. Join the Patreon army. And speaking of our Patreon supporters, I just want to give a shout out to our top tier supporters. Thank you so much for the OU Rich producers of the show, Aisha and Reed. And shout out to our OU Rich Rich executive producer, my boy Craig. Um, y'all are live forever. Thank you. Subscribe to Black Window Cream on every platform of your choosing. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. We will see you next week, you bitch. Yes. Yes.